Hi, my name is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. I am an ordained minister. I am a wife, a mother of three sons, and thank God the Lord has blessed me with becoming a best-selling author on Amazon. And the name of the book, Christian Warrior Woman, A Guide to Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. And I am grateful for each of you to be joining me today as we continue the journey in growing in our relationship with the Lord, exposing areas in our lives where we need healing or we need to be become an overcomer. And each day we face challenges and each day we want a community and a group of people who can be on that journey with us. Life wasn't meant to live and journey alone. And I hope this podcast is a part of your journey in developing and strengthening your relationship with God. So thank you for joining us today. So if you um, listen to yesterday's podcast, you will see that we are talking about gratitude. And I want to point to an area and something that we probably all can relate to because whether on TV or whether we've read it in the Word is something we can understand. And I want to talk about seven areas where we can see evidence of lack of gratitude left um, the children of Israel without seeing their promised land. And what I talked about yesterday was the taking those steps of gratitude. And I hope this morning that you wrote in your journal or in a book about what are the things you are grateful for. Because when the Israelites were set free from Egypt, God did the work to set them free. But not only did he set them free, he set them free with wealth, with cattle, with gold. With He sent them on their journey with everything that they needed, but most of all, with him guiding them. And that was, when you think about it, thinking about being grateful, I'm sure initially it was exciting and it was like, wow, look what all God has done. And then they got out in the desert and it was a little hot and it was Um, they weren't maybe eating some of the things they were used to eating before or maybe sleeping where they used to sleep before. And all of a sudden, they take that freedom for granted and they begin complaining, whining, and really not showing their appreciation for God nor their thankfulness for God, but the grumbling and whining and complaining replaced their gratitude and their thankfulness. I mean, think about it. And it's not just Israelites. Think about it from our own self as well. Here they were enslaved and in bondage. No matter what version of slavery you want to believe in the definition of what slavery is about, it's a person not in control of their own life, of what they do day to day, how they work, how long they work. you owned by someone else. And that in itself, to be free of that, to be free to be the person that you choose to be and know that God is with you, that alone, you would think, would be enough to keep you inspired. 
But we are fleshly beings and we are always motivated by how we feel, what we have, and our emotions. And so the journey of the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness is a journey of change. It was either the Lord would allow them to redeem themselves or they would wind up having to die out because of their own rebellion, disobedience, lack of faith, and lack of gratitude. And when you really think about it, if you really read that story and think of it from a gratitude standpoint, can you maybe see in your own life, we can see clearly that the Israelites lost by not trusting and not being thankful and not having the gratitude for who God was and what he was doing. I mean, just witnessing what he did to the Egyptians, we could sit back and say that should have been enough. But what about in your own life? What has God done in your life that you've witnessed, that you've seen, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is a miraculous? But when you talk about yourself or your life, are you backbiting, complaining, you know, talking about all the things that aren't going right, but not spending more time or equal time to what is going right? And so when you made your list this morning about the things that you're grateful for, five to ten things that you're grateful for, before we go on, I want you to evaluate something. Was your gratitude list focused on material things, emotional things, spiritual things? I'm not trying, and this isn't to make a judgment, It's just for you. This is for you, not for Lisa. This is for you to analyze what you value as being grateful for. Then I want you to look at it compared to what God thinks you should be grateful for. I'll give you an example. Let's try a, a good one and Maybe we'll try one and we'll try and we'll try two. And I'll let you judge which one you think is one that maybe aligns with God's word. So the first one will be, I'm grateful that I have a job. I'm grateful I have money. I'm grateful I live where in the neighborhood I want to live in. And I'm grateful that I'm going on vacation. I'm grateful I have a, a good husband. I'm grateful that uh, my children are going to the college that they desire. And I'm grateful because I have a blessed life. I can buy and do all the things that I desire. So that's one person's gratefulness. And here's another gratefulness. And decide which one you think. And I'm not saying either one are bad. But because we all have where we are in our lives in that moment. And sometimes we're on a journey of getting deeper on what we are grateful for. 
Another person could say that they're grateful that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're grateful that on the days that they choose to not use their mouth wisely, that they know that the Lord forgives them. And they're grateful for salvation. They're grateful that they can repent. They're grateful that they can be forgiven. Um, And they're grateful for all the things that they may have done have now been washed clean. They're grateful that God continues to keep their family safe. They're grateful that they have their parents alive and that they can have a life. They're grateful for being able to (coughs) serve others in a financial way and in a personal one-on-one. They're grateful for mentoring. They're grateful for their home. They're grateful for a happy marriage. They're grateful for their health and strength. They're grateful that God has a plan and a purpose for their life that they're living out. Two different plans. So is one better than the other? Not really. It's about, we have to start somewhere at being grateful. So sometimes we can look at someone and their answer just seems more religious or sounds just more on a deeper level. But God judges us on where our heart is. And many of us can say great words, but God knows where it's coming from. So I asked you to look at, is it more emotional based or um, physical based so that you have an idea of when you're thinking about making your list that it may be different on today versus tomorrow. Because every day we have the opportunity to have something happen, to encounter other people, and to influence others in our day. So it's not about it sounding and looking the same every day, but it's about it being honest and truthful. And every day we can have something different to be grateful with God. Okay, so I hope that you choose to do that challenge and make it part of your prayer life of what you're thankful for. Because if you think about it, if the Israelites had taken that position, would they have wandered? 40 days in the wilderness. And I don't know how long you've been wandering in your life, in your finances, or in an area that's been a struggle and a challenge for you and your family. But I would tell you, if you start with praise, if you start with being grateful and gratitude and talking with God about what you're grateful for, if you're grateful for the small things, you'll be grateful for the big things. And so don't allow the enemy to block your ability to see what God is doing and how he is moving in your life. Make sense? So let's look at some other things, because I'm sure you guys are getting ready for Fourth of July. So we talked a little bit about um, the Israelites, but God met them where they were. They were in they were slaves. And so when he set them free, he also set them on a path of protecting and making sure they didn't have certain experiences or coming right out of Egypt, um, not getting into a war right away. So we can always look and say, if you look at the map, you'll be like, well, wow, they could have gotten there quicker if the Lord had taken them a different route. But they would have then encountered people 
that they may not have been ready. They would have, obviously the Lord knew, they wouldn't have been ready to fight and they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have seen what God was doing in their lives in order to meet that challenge. So the way to your promised land is not always easy. In fact, it really is. The one thing that we all seem to believe from maybe it's messages at church or messages in the word, somehow we've come to this belief that once we say that we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, like, okay, the battle's over. No, the battle just begins. But now we can gain power. We can get armed with the truth. And we also know that we can go through the battle. Now we don't have to like hide, run, or flee. But we can stand our ground in faith and be on a firm foundation. And when we go through a battle, I know this may be hard to receive, but it is so worth it. It is so worth seeing your faith changed into power and to see God shift the atmosphere and the people around you and bring you through to success. There lies your testimony. Every one of us as believers has a struggle and a challenge. I have had more than my share because I have probably moved in areas that I shouldn't have too many times. So I always feel like we each can take on more struggles if we're strong-minded, strong-willed, or like the spirit of control, hello, anybody out there like me, then we can wind up in more struggles. But when we recognize who's really in charge and who has the power and who can shift everything into the right direction, which is forward, it's God. So if you're in the middle of the struggle, in the middle of a battle, then you have to do what? Activate your faith, but be grateful and let God lead you out of it. Because you can, if you don't, then you will stay in that struggle. And we think 40 years is long. Some people are there their whole life. And I would not wish that for you. But we can get there quicker. We can get there sooner with God guiding us. So when we look at um, Exodus 13, we see that God said, if they face war, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. Sorry. Yes. Exodus thirteen seventeen. So why didn't the Lord take them through the Philistine country first? Oh, you know, when you're young and in the faith, the Lord doesn't allow you to be in your harshest battle, right? Because you're a babe, you're a babe in faith. And you need to feel those winds. And I always have women who tell me, oh, when I first was a believer, I didn't have all the struggle. Well, guess what? You're not going to be on milk your whole life. You're moving into meat. The enemy knows your power and your ability that if you move to the next level, you will start breaking down the walls that he has built up around you, your family and others. And he wants to keep you trapped and imprisoned in your own self-condemnation and judgment and all the flaws you believe you have. So the first step is God is creating a path to lead you to get stronger so that you can fight those battles. So if we look at Exodus 13, 18, it says, so God let the people 
led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Okay? So, also we learn from the Israelites, God will lead us day or night. The Lord, when you're in the dark, and you may be in the dark in certain areas in your life, God is still there. God, so you don't have to feel like, I'm not sure, I don't know, you wait. Right? Because the Lord, when we are truly seeking God, the Lord is there. And the enemy would like you to believe in darkness, he's not. But as a pillar of cloud in the day, the Lord led them, and by fire at night, he guided them, giving them shade from the fierceness of that desert sun and light in the darkest of nights. So in the darkest of your days, God is there to uphold you. You have to believe that he is there. You have to talk to him. You have to tell him, I know that I am learning something through this. But most of all, I'm learning to trust you when I feel in the dark, when I can't see where I'm going, when I don't know which way to turn, I know you are there and you will guide me out. So I will wait on you, Lord. I will trust on you, Lord, because you will guide me. So he will not leave us to fend for ourselves, struggling to find our way. He is, has our plans. So does he fight on our behalf? Oh, well, yes, he does. Because when the e- Egypt came to attack, what did God do? In Exodus 14, 19, the pillar of the cloud moved from in front and stood between them. The Lord allowed them to cross as he was the one who stood before their enemies. And that's what we have to trust. And many times when I'm in struggle, I remind, I remind, and you might laugh at this, I remind the Lord that in my ignorance, please guide me. And then I remind him of my grandmother prayed for me three times a day that I would be blessed, that I would not struggle, that I would not lose the battle. And I remind him that her prayers I know are before you because she is holy in your eyes. And I pray that those generational prayers and blessings manifest now in my life. So when God gives you mercy, When God provides a miraculous, what happened? Moses, if we look at Exodus 17, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. So still today, God can send an angel or angels to fight for us and to guard us. Because he himself would fight in God for us. He himself died so that sickness would not be your reward and death would not be your reward. So when it comes, you have the whole heavenly host that God will use to fight your battles that you have to trust and believe in. So does God provide miraculous ways? Yes. He said to Moses in Exodus 16, 14, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Right? He will rain down bread from heaven. 
And we won't go into the lack of gratitude later when they then got tired of eating bread. It's just like when someone, you hear about celebrities who were dirt poor and oh, now they have money. And then you look sometimes, not all, then all of a sudden they're strung out on drugs or they're on third and fourth wife. And you're like, wait a minute, their whole story was how they were so poor. And then they got everything their hearts desire, but they didn't have God. And then sometimes we have people in the Christian faith too, who have stumbled and fallen as well. But we it's always due to letting go of God and letting go of gratitude. Sometimes we take on pride. We take on, this is all about me. I created this. I did that in corporate America. I remember at one point, it wasn't that I wasn't, well, I wasn't giving God credit. So if I'm giving myself credit and allowing people to tell me here I am a division group vice president, here I am making several six figures a year, a single mom, three kids in my mind, hey, I'm doing it, I'm empowered. I'm not making 30% of what a man's making, they, they're trying to make what I'm making. I'm, I'm saying this exaggeratingly, but I'm sure in the eyes of God, I wasn't sitting there saying, look what God, I did say this now and then, but as a whole, it was, I had confidence in the me spirit. Me, fi, me was my sorority, okay? Because what I put my energy to is what I was seeing my reward in. And it was works. And it was God blessing me. And that's what I should have focused on. So, sin will take us further than we want to go. You know, a person may start out, let's be real, you might start out with, okay, you're lonely, you're married. Someone gives you a compliment at the job. Next time, next thing you know, you're dressing different to get another compliment for the person. You really just needed someone to give you some attention, and maybe it was your husband, and someone else gave you attention, which then led to having lunch or dinner, or then led to maybe you lying about where you're going, or then maybe led to having an affair, then led to maybe you had a child and now you don't know if it's your husband's or the person you had the affair with. Then it led to your husband suspects something. Then it leads to divorce. Then you're a single mom. Then you have a child. Then you're not sure who the daddy is. Can you see how this road, we're not even going to go to then how that child feels and, you know, if they're wanted or not wanted. You could be the next 30 years struggling because all you needed was a little attention. And instead of maybe asking for it or feeling empowered to maybe work on your relationship, you accepted it from outside. So we have to look at that um, even the Lord saw the Israelites. You know, I always say, man, Moses was like the referee because the Lord might have spiked them a couple of times. And I prayed and said, Lord, Lord, forgive me, man. I could see where, you know, my actions could have led to the Lord spiting me. And we see in Exodus 32, it shows where I've seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff necked people. Are you stiff necked? And why are they stiff necked? Because they're not really grateful. They're not really thankful. They're still, some of them are like, wow, you brought us out here to kill us? We could have stayed in Egypt. Can you imagine? I mean, when I read that, I'm so hurt of the about the lack of gratitude. But 
Have I said similar things probably in my life? Have you? So sometimes when I was younger, I used to read about it. It was like, gosh, these Israelites, they should have known. I don't know how they didn't know to stay safe. And then I grew up. And then I can see where the same things that they did just look different. But it's the same type of behavior. So we may feel forgotten. We may feel that the Lord has left us on our own. But God is always with you. And that's what when you're making your grateful statement, that even when you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, we have to remind ourselves. And I talk about it in the book. God is with me in my darkest hours. I said, I know that you love me. I know that you had me born in this time for a plan. I am not a mistake. Because even if you believe your parents weren't trying to have you, God was trying to get you here. Okay? So, the Lord, my presence in Exodus 33, 14, the Lord replied, replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So, when you're talking about being grateful, Lord, that your presence goes with me each day to work, to be safe, to be from harm and danger, from my children going to school or my grandchildren or my husband. I am grateful for his health and strength to go to his job. So our hardest struggles have the greatest potential to do what? To teach us how to be grateful along with waiting on the Lord. You see that gratitude, that waiting that endurance, that power, all comes from a place of, what did we talk about yesterday? When we're grateful, we gain an inner happiness. We gain a smile. And then the Lord sees your heart and blesses you and allows a reward in others. You're like a magnet for good news. So I hope today that you really think about and and look at the story in Exodus about how can you translate that to your life? How can some of the examples shared, you can look at that, you know what? You may have accomplished degrees, certificates, um, promotions at the job, but have you taken time to be grateful to God for what you have? Because we all know What we have today could be gone tomorrow, whether it's through our health. If most of what you have is through your husband and what he does, people pass away every day. People have heart attacks every day. So we have to be grateful and not just take it for granted that what our day looks like today will look like that tomorrow or a year from now. And we need to say that our gratitude to God every day in our prayer, what we're grateful for. I'm grateful for you seeking God. I'm grateful to be used by God to encourage you, to elevate you, to lift you, and to pray for you. And I pray today that your gratitude returns interest of blessings on you your family, and for generations to come. Be blessed, and let's be grateful each and every day. Thank you, Lord.
Amen.